crime against public interest, forgery of great seal, signature of st or stamp. Forgery of great seal, signature or stamp is committed by any person who forged the great seal of the government or the signature or stamp of the chief executive, Article 161, or make use of such forged seal, signature or stamp, Article 162. Forgery and mutilation of coins. Forgery or counterfeiting of coins is committed by any person who makes or imports false coins, who utters such false coins with or without connivance with counterfeiters or importers, or who possesses such false coin with intent to utter the same but without connivance with counterfeiters or importers, Article 163 and 165. Mutilation of coins is committed by any person who mutilates coin of the legal currency of the Philippines or imports such mutilated coins or other such coins with or without uh, connivance with mutilators or importers or possesses such coin with intent to utter but without connivance with mutilators or importers, Article 164 and 165. In forgery, the false coins include those of legal currency of the Philippines or foreign country. In mutilation, the mutilated coins are confined to that of legal currency of the Philippines. Forgery involving banknotes, treasury notes, or other instruments. Forgery or counterfeiting involving treasury, bank, note, or other instrument is committed by any person who forged such instrument by giving it the appearance of a true and genuine document or erases, substitute, counterfeits, or alters by any means the figures, letters, words, or signs contained therein. 1999 bar. Who imports such forged instrument who utters it with or without connivance with forgers or importers or who possess it with intent to use or utter it but without connivance with forgers or importers. The forged instrument may be payable to bearer or not or payable to order. It includes Philippine peso money, treasury notes or document involving the Philippine obligations or security document issued by apparent government such as US dollar notes or circulating note or bill issued by apparent bank duly authorized therefore such as Hong Kong dollar notes issued by Standard Charter Bank. In People vs. Galano, the accused wrote the word in ink at the back of genuine pre-war treasury certificates which has been withdrawn from circulation. In 1944, treasury certificates featuring the word victory printed on the reverse were issued to replace all the earlier notes. The accused used this certificate to buy ballot eggs. He is liable for perjury since uh, a word has been added in the demonetized treasury certificate in the effort to give uh, the appearance of the true and genuine certificate that it used to have before it was withdrawn from circulation, 1966 bar. Possession of false treasury or bank notes alone without anything more is not criminal offense. For it to constitute an offense under Article 168, the possession must be with intent to use in false treasury or bank notes, 1999 bar. It follows that information are very position of false treasury and bank notes, but without allegations of intent to use the same, charge to offense. The allegation of intent to possess in the information will not cure the defect because intent to possess is not equivalent to intent to use. People versus the guru. A person who had counterfeited 50 bill or 50 peso bill under the glass of his table, among other objects, as decorations, is not liable for illegal possession of false bank note there being no intent to use it to the damage of another. The accused was caught in position of 100 counterfeit 
and 20 pesos bills. He could not explain how and why he possessed the said bills. Neither could he explain what he intended to do with the fake bills. He is liable for possession of false bills with intent to use it. Possession of such considerable number of false notes, such as 100 pieces of false bills, indicates first, the intention of the possessor to utter said notes, and second, the knowledge which the possessor had of the falsity of the said notes. People versus Sunny, 1999 bar. Falsification of document. Falsification of document. Falsification of document under Article 171 and 172 of the Revised Penal Code is committed by a public officer or notary who taking advantage of his official position falsifies a document. An ecclesiastical minister who falsifies document of such character that its falsification may affect the civil status of persons. A private individual who falsifies public or official document or commercial documents such as letter of exchange or any person who falsifies private document to the damage or prejudice of the third party or with the intent to cause such damage or prejudice. Document. Document is a written statement by which right is established or an obligation extinguished, such as contract or official receipt or deed, instrument, or other duly authorized paper by which something is proved, evidence, or set forth, such as demand letter, letter requesting for financial assistance, and marriage contract. 1. Public document. Public document is one authorized by law or regulation or in which a public officer, the public, or any person authorized to administer oaths intervenes for purposes of authenticating the same and not as a party thereto. Certificate of non-relationship required by the Rules of Civil Service Commission to appoint a public officer, line or versus people, and notarize special power of authority in the state state of Gonzales versus people. 2. Official document. An official document is also a public document. It falls within a larger class called public document. Documents issued by a public official with exercise of functions of his office such as community tax certificate, people versus barbas, money order, people versus Villanueva, and treasury warrant, people versus Silvana. Documents in the execution of which public officer takes part by virtue of his office such as government payroll, Ilomin versus Sandigan Bayan, butcher signed by provincial treasurer, people versus Sendaijigo, tax collection report, Sapra versus people, or documents which become part of the public records such as petition for habeas corpus, Bermijo versus Barrios, and bar examination paper which are part of judicial records, People versus Robaldes. 3. Commercial document. Commercial documents are documents used by merchants or businessmen to promote or facilitate trade or credit transactions such as certificate of time deposit, Amito versus People, Loan documents, people versus go, and sales invoice, people versus Monteverdi. Documents defined and regulated by commercial law, Buntalanon versus people, such as provisory note, Taningje versus people, and check people versus Salunga. Fourth, private document. Private document is a deed or an instrument executed by a private person by which something is proved or evidence, U.S. versus Urera provided that the same is not classified as public, official, or commercial document. Ticket for theatrical performance, 
letter requesting for financial assistance, and demand letter are private documents. As official receipt is a public document for the reason that it was invested with the character of an official document by reason of the fact that it was printed in accordance with the standard forms required by the government. On the other hand, an unofficial or private receipt is a private document. A notarial will is a public document, while a holographic will is a private document. A promissory note is a commercial document, but a non-negotiable promissory note is a private document. Both shares showing receipt of money loaned from the company for not being a commercial document or public documents are private documents. Classification of documents under Section 19, Rule 132 of the Rules of Evidence should not be confused with that under Article 172 of the Revised Penal Code. Classification of documents under the Rules of Evidence is connected with the Rules on Self-Authentication of Documents. Clarification of documents under the Revised Penal Code is connected with the crime of falsification of document. Written official acts or records to authorize document in public records are public documents under the rules of evidence and the revised penal code. However, last will in testament, whether holographic or notarial, is a public document under the rules of evidence. Under the revised penal code, holographic will is a private document, while notarial will is a public document. Under the rules of evidence, a check is a private document. Under the revised penal code, a check is a commercial document. Acts of falsification. The following are acts of falsification. Counterfeiting or imitating any handwriting, signature, or rubrics, causing it to appear that persons have participated in any act or proceeding when they did not in fact so participate. Attributing to persons who have participated in an act or proceeding statement other than those in fact made by them, making uncontrollable statement in a narrative of facts, altering true dates, making any alteration or intercalation in a genuine document which changes its meaning, issuing to an authenticated form a document purporting to be a copy of an original document when no such original exists, or including in such a copy a statement contrary to or different from that of the genuine original, or intercalating an instrument or note relative to the issuance thereof in a protocol, registry, or official book. 1. Counterfeiting or imitating or feigning. X deposited a check for 20,000 endorsed by Z. Z later complained to his bank uh, when the amount of 20,000 was debited from his account as his signature on the check was forged. X subsequently deposited another check signed by Z which amount he later withdrew. Upon receiving the amount covered by the check, X was arrested by NBI agents. X claims that the entrapment is illegal for there is no showing that the second check was forged, and therefore his withdrawal based on the second check was a legal act, 2014 bar. Since the first check is forged, such circumstance justifies the entrapment of X, since there is already probable cause that the second check is also forged. Moreover, even assuming that the entrapment is illegal, it will not validate the withdrawal based on the second check, which is also forged. The criminality in forging the second check is not affected by alleged illegality in the entrapment operation. The English text of paragraph 1 of Article 1371 uses the phrase counterfeiting or imitating. However, its Spanish text, which is controlling, uses the phrase contrahaciendo or fingindo. In feigning or fingindo, there is no original signature, handwriting or rubric but a simulation of signature, handwriting or rubric that does not exist. A complainant who does not know how to write has no signature, thus 
there is no way for an offender to imitate the signature of the complainant simply because there is no signature to imitate. However, if the offender caused it to appear that complainant signed a document, when in fact he did not so, much act or such act is considered as feeling or of signature. The Revised Penal Code by Luis Rios Resemblance of the full signature and genuine signature is not required because in the first place there is no genuine signature involved in falsification by pinning a signature. In counterfeiting, there is an original signature, handwriting or rubric which is imitated. In order to constitute an imitation of another signature, a document or on a document within The meaning of paragraph 1 of Articles 171, it is not necessary that the imitation is perfect. What is important is that the imitation can deceive a person well acquainted with the signature sought to be imitated. In counterfeiting of signature, there must be intent to imitate or an attempt to imitate, which can be established by showing that genuine signature and the full signature bear sufficient resemblance to each other as to, the, as to be likely to deceive an ordinary person receiving or dealing with the instrument, U.S. versus Rampas. Second, causing the appearance of one's participation. Even though intent to imitate is not established because there is no semblance of similarity between false signature on the document and the general signature, the person who caused such false signature thereon may still be held liable for falsification of the document by causing it to appear that the person whose signature is forged had participated in the execution of the document when he did not in fact do so, U.S. versus Cinco. Postmaster who forged the signature of the payee or the postal money order to make it appear that he signed the documents is liable for falsification, although the signatures of the payee were not imitated, Paul versus Villanueva. A date of sale having been executed before a notary public is a public document. It carries with it the legal presumption of its authenticity until the, until the contrary is fully established. U.S. versus Enriquez. However, when a person whose signature was affixed to a document denies his signature therein, a prima facie case for falsification is established which the defendant must overcome. Sales versus Adapto. In Constantino versus People, accused a notary public was charged of falsification of document by making it appear that Dr. Asuncion participated in execution of the acknowledgement of the will and testament by signing it as a witness where in fact he did not sign it. However, it was established that Dr. Asuncion, at the urging of Ferrer, his son-in-law, signed the acknowledgement after the notarization. Therefore, it was not accused who made it appear that Dr. Asuncion participated in the execution of the joint acknowledgement. But Ferrer and Dr. Asuncion himself, accused is not liable for falsification of document. However, accused should be administratively sanctioned for failure to cross out Dr. Asuncion's name when he notarized the joint acknowledgments, which has allowed Dr. Asuncion to still sign the document despite not having participated in this due execution. Third, attribution of a different statement. In U.S. versus Capuli, owners of a tract of land agreed to confer upon the accused a power of attorney to represent them in a case because they could neither read or write. They let the accused throw up the document. Accused, however, through deceit was able to get two persons to sign in the name of said owners after making them understand that the document contained a power of attorney when in fact it was deed of sale of a piece of land. 
The legitimate owners of the property has never intended nor consented to its alienation. Furthermore, they denied that they had ever been in the house of the notary to execute or ratify any document. Accused is guilty of the crime of falsification of notarial document by attributing to the complainant's a statement of sale which is different from the statement of authority to represent in a case made by them. In People v. Rualdez and Mabunay, accused made the alterations in the grades given by the correctors in the bar examination papers in question in just a way that or as to make it appear that said correctors had participated therein because she blotted out the grades of the correctors and wrote new and increased grades opposite their initials without indicating by her own initials that she had made the alterations. She, in, the, in that way, attributed to the correctors' statements other than those in fact made by them. Fourth, making a truthful statement. Falsely or falsely impersonating the owner of a piece of land as vendor in a forged deal of sale would constitute an act of falsification by causing it to appear that the owner of the land participated in the execution of the deal of sale when he did not in fact execute it. The revised penal code by Reyes falsely or falsely representing himself as the owner of a house and lot in a deal of sale would constitute other forms of deceit under Article 316. Falsely representing himself as the Filipino citizen and a deal of sale involving land to circumvent the constitutional provision on acquisition of land by an alien would constitute an act of falsification by making untruthful statement in the narration of facts in the deal of sale in that case declaring himself to be a Filipino citizen. A. Obligation to disclose the truth. The accused is forming Pacific Airways Corporation for the purpose of engaging in business as a common carrier in connection with the formation of their corporation is submitted to Securities and Exchange Commission the Articles of Incorporation in which he made it appear that he, a Filipino citizen, owns more than 60% of the capital stock thereof, where in fact is a metro trustee of, of foreigners. Accused is not liable for falsification of document, although the Constitution requires 60% Filipino capitalization of a corporation in obtaining franchise to operate as a public utility. Corporate laws or law does not require 60% Filipino capitalization in the formation of corporation. In sum, the accused has no obligation to disclose that percentage of foreign capitalization in forming the corporation. In the absence of such obligation, making an untruthful statement of facts regarding the Filipino capitalization is not falsification of public document. People versus Quasia. After forming Pacific Airways Corporation, the accused unincorporated filed an application for franchise for the corporation to operate as a common carrier with the Department of Transportation and Communication. In the said application, accused make it appear that he, a Filipino corporator, owns more than 60% of the capital stock of the Pacific Airways Corporation, when in fact he is a mere trustee of foreigners. Accused is liable for falsification of document for perjury in case of a sworn application. In such application, disclosure that the owners of the stocks of the corporation is essential in order not to circumvent the Constitution. Hence, he is legally obliged to reveal the truth. The failure to do so constitute falsification of document or perjury. Obligation to disclose the truth as an element of falsification of document involving making an untruthful statement of facts can be expressed or implied. In Lino versus People, accused a mayor issued a certificate or a certification stating that person being appointed is not related to him, where in fact that person is his son. 
The certificate is required by the rule issued by the Civil Service Commission. Accused argued that he is not liable for falsification because he has no obligation to disclose the truth under the law. Although the law against nepotism does not explicitly provide that the appointing authority shall disclose his true relationship with, his, with the appointee in the form of a certification, nonetheless, his legal obligation to disclose such relationship is inherent in the law in the nature and purpose of such certification. Hence, accused is liable for falsification of document by making an untruthful statement. Moreover, the withdrawal of the appointment is not a defense. The crime of falsification having already been committed, no axioming subsequent repentance and abandonment of purpose, even if true, can relieve the accused of his penal liability. 93 bar exam. The prosecution, or the prosecution need not identify a specific provision of law under which the accused has the obligation to disclose the truth, as long as the offender has such obligation from the very nature and purpose of the document. So let's versus a legal bayan. Obligation to disclose the truth is not expressly mentioned as an element of falsification of document in Article 171 and 172, but lack of obligation to disclose the truth is a defense in prosecution for falsification because of the landmark case of Quasha. However, jurisprudence is now treating obligation to disclose the truth as an element of falsification. In some, obligation to disclose the truth is an element of falsification because of jurisprudence and not because of the law. While under the revised rules of criminal procedure, the information must allege the acts constituting a crime. Obligation to disclose the truth need not be alleged in the information provided that such obligation is inherently required by the document because of the nature thereof. In People v. Pukyuk, the accused made untruthful statement as to his name, citizenship in place of work, in residence certificate, now committed tax certificate. The information for falsification of document involving making an untruthful statement failed to allege obligations to disclose the truth in the document, but the information for falsification is not squashed. Under the law, Residence certificate for a person shall contain the full name, date of birth, and citizenship. These facts are required to appear therein to establish identity of the taxpayer. Thus, since the duty to disclose these facts is inherent in the transaction, there was no need for the criminal charge to allege that the accused had such duty. 92 bar exam. Prosecution need not identify a specific law under which the accused has the obligation to disclose the truth. Solis versus Amigan Bayan. To convict the accused for falsification of document involving making an untruthful statement, what is important is that he has a legal obligation to disclose the truth. In Manansala versus People, the accused made an untruthful statement in PTCAS, replacement report of a private corporation. The accused was convicted of falsification of private document because he has a legal obligation to disclose the truth in a report. Note, there is no law specifically requiring disclosure of truth in PETICA as represented report by a private corporation. In Sulis versus Aligan Bayan, NAMRIA is the government agency responsible for conducting geophysical service. Because of the agency's special competence, petitioner NAMRIA administrator was requested by the Secretary General to conduct a resurvey of at Port Magsaysay to allow petitioner to claim that he had no legal obligation to disclose the truth in his letter on the resurvey will be contrary to NAMRIA's functions. It will erode the public's confidence in NAMRIA and all its issuances and research findings. B. Narration of facts. The documents must contain narration of facts and not conclusion of law. 
to commit an act of falsification under paragraph 4 of Article 171. Conclusion of law is defined as a preposition not arrived at, any, at by any process of natural reasoning, or a fact or combination of facts stated, but by the application of the artificial rules of law to the facts pleaded. Statement of a candidate in a certificate of candidacy that she was born in March 29, 1931 instead of March 29, 1933. Her true birthday to make it appear that she was about 23 years old on the date of election to comply with the age qualification of an elective official is making an untruthful statement in a narration of fact. This is falsification. However, statement that she was eligible to the office of municipal council Councilor, based on the belief that the 23-year-old requirement could be adequately met if she reached 23 years upon assuming the position of councillor, although she was 24 years of age on the date of the election, is conclusion of law. This is not falsification. People versus Yansa. C. Falsification by omission. In People versus Lison, accused bookkeeper of the Army Post Exchange was in charge of recording of the sales of several stores in cash or on credit in the records book and keeping the cheats, evidence of credit, and the recording thereof in the personal accounts of the customers accused bought several goods in the post exchange on credit and signed cheats for the goods. That, to avoid paying the amount stated in the cheats, accused destroyed some of the cheats and deliberately did not record them in his personal account. The accused was found guilty of falsification by omission, 1975 bar. In some, failure to enter his death in the record book is considered as making a truthful statement in a narration of fact. Fifth, genuine or simulated document. In paragraph 6 of Article 171, alteration or intercalation must be made in a genuine document such as transcript of stenographic notes in a deposition. 1986 bar exam. In the second part of article of uh, paragraph 7, article 171, the false statements are included in an authenticated genuine document. In paragraph 8 of article 171, the false document is intercalated in a genuine registry or official book. In other acts of falsification, the documents falsified may be genuine or simulated. Example, offender may cause it to appear that a person participated in an act when in fact he did not do so, paragraph 2 in genuine document, U.S. versus Brago, uh, or simulated document. In falsification, the document na, uh, need not be an authentic official paper since its simulation is also contemplated in falsification, misortado versus Sandigan Bayan. In Tadina versus People, the local chief executive may veto the ordinance and submit its objections to the Sagunian. However, the accused, a mayor, neither approved nor vested the ordinance. He intervened in the process by changing the wordings of the whereas clause of the municipal ordinance. This is falsification of the document by making any alteration or intercalation in a genuine document which changes its meaning. Third elements of falsification. There are two essential elements of falsification of documents to it. One, acts of falsification and two, the acts of falsifications are made on a document. In falsification of document by a public officer, a notary public, there is a third element, and that is taking advantage of his official position. In falsification of document by an ecclesiastical minister, there is also a third element, and that is the document falsified it is of such character that this falsification may affect the civil status of persons. 
In falsification of private document by a private individual, there is a third element, and that is damage or prejudice caused to a third party or with the intent to cause such damage or prejudice in falsification of public official or commercial document by a private individuals, there is no third element. A. Taking advantage of position. The offender is considered to have taken advantage of his official position, which is an element of falsification of the document by a public officer when he has the duty to make or prepare or otherwise to intervene in the preparation of a document or he has the official custody of the document which he falsifies. People versus Sandigan Bayan. The element that the notary public takes advantage of his official position is presumed when the falsity allegedly committed by him pertains to the notarization since only notaries public have the duty and authority to notarize documents. Constantino versus People. B. Civil status. Before the parochial registers of baptisms were considered as official books and registers, and the certificates taken from these books were considered as public document, U.S. versus Oroso. Thus, falsification of parochial documents, which is considered public document, was constitutive of the crime of falsification committed by ecclesiastical minister because such falsification affects the civil status of person. Now, parochial documents are considered private writings, U.S. versus Evangelista. The falsification of which will affect the religious status of a person but not his civil status. Hence, falsification of a baptismal certificate by making it appear a godparent of the child being captized sign it, or sign it is not punishable under the revised penal code. In falsification of document, example marriage certificate by an ecclesiastical minister affecting the civil status of a person is an important element. 2012 bar exam. C. Damage or prejudice third person. Falsification of a public document is consummated upon the execution of the false document. What is furnished in falsification of public document is or principally the undermining of the public faith in the discussion of truth as solemnly proclaimed therein. The fact that the accused did not benefit from or that the public was not prejudiced by the falsified resolution is not a defense. This rule is applicable to falsification of official or commercial document. Andrea signed her deceased husband's name in endorsing his three treasury warrants which were delivered to her directly by the district supervisor who knew that her husband had already died and she used the proceeds to pay for the expense of the illness and burial of her husband. She knew that her husband had accumulated vacation and sick leave. The money value of which exceeded the value of the three treasury warrants so that the government suffered no damage. Falsification of public document is committed because Damage to a third person is not an element of this crime, 1988 part. However, in falsification of private document, damage to a third party or the intent to cause such damage is an element. In Estapa, damage as an element thereof must be capable of plenary estimation. In falsification of private document, it is not required that the damage as an element thereof must be capable of plenary estimation. The Spanish text of Article 172 uses the word Perjudice, which is prejudice in English. The concept of the word prejudice includes damage, whether capable of or incapable of general estimation. Thus, prejudice includes damage to one's honor. If a person counterfeited the handwriting and signature of another in a letter addressed to the governor attributing to others the commission of scandalous acts, falsification is committed. Decision of Supreme Court of Spain, February 10, 1945. 
in Estapa intent to cause damage is not enough to consume it. C filed a lease application with DNR involving in Yalimol land. In her application, she stated that she was a Filipino citizen, although she was still a naturalized Russian citizen at that time. However, Z has no intention to cause damage to the government since she filed after six months after application for dual citizenship. C is liable for falsification of public document because intent to cause damage, damage to a third person is not an element of this crime. 2018 bar. In a non-notarized contract of sale, X represented the property as alienable and disposable and that he had a valid title to the property. However, it turned out that the property was a public non-alienable and non-disposable land. However, X had a valid transfer certificate of title in his name and he had a right to rely on this title. Thus, he is not liable for classification of the document because intent to cause damage to the buyer, which is an element of this crime, is not present. 2018 bar. Use of falsified document. Use of falsified documents is committed by any person who, not being the author of falsification, knowingly introduced a falsified document contemplated in Article 171 or 172 in evidence in any judicial proceeding, or uses it, or uses it to damage of another, or with the intent to cause such damage. The elements of use of falsified document are as follows: that the offender knew that a document was falsified by another person, that the false document is embraced in Article 171 or in any subdivision number 1 or 2 of Articles 172, and that he introduced the document in evidence in any judicial proceeding, or he used such document not in judicial proceedings that caused damage to another, or at least it was used with intent to cause such damage. Civil Service Commission versus Santa Ana. The first element of use of falsified document is that the offender knew that the document was falsified by another person. In some, it is important that the accused is not the one who falsified in the document. If the accused is the author of falsification, the crime committed is falsification of document and not use of falsified document. In U.S. versus Castillo, accused presented the check with the poor signature of his employer for payment. The trial court convicted the accused of the crime of use of falsified mercantile document. The Supreme Court reversed the judgment and convicted accused of the crime of falsification of the commercial document because an explained fact that he used a forged check is a strong evidence tending to prove that the accused either forged the check himself or caused it to be forged. Ordinarily, the prosecution could not prove falsification through direct evidence. It would be hard to cruise a person who personally witnessed the accused falsifying a document. For obvious reason, a forger would not falsify a document in the presence of a person who is a potential witness against him. Thus, prosecution usually relies on the rule on presumption. Indeed, of producing direct evidence, the prosecution will just prove facts of which presumption of authorship of falsification can be based. One who will be benefited by the falsification with a public document in his possession is presumed to be the author of falsification. 1999 and 2014 bar exam. In People versus Caragao, accused of co-owned the property covered by certificate of title. 
purporting to act on behalf of his co-owner pursuant to a power of attorney in his favor, accused secured a loan and executed a deed of mortgage on said property. The signatures of his co-owners on the special power of attorney are forged. Having used the forged document, accused is presumed to be its forger. X deposited to his bank account a check in the amount of 10000 with a falsified endorsement of Y. A week later, the accused went to Bank A to withdraw 10,000 pesos. While withdrawing the amount, he was arrested. The crime committed is Estapa through falsification of commercial document. His argument that no further evidence was presented to establish that he was the forger of the signature of Y is untenable. Using the falsified check for his own benefit, giving rise to the presumption that he is the author of falsification, 97 bar. In a civil case for recovery of a sum of money filed against him by A, B interposed the defense of payment. In support thereof, he identified and offered in evidence a falsified receipt with a counterfeited signature of A. Using the falsified receipt to support his defense of payment, give rise to the presumption that B is the author of falsification. Hence, the crime committed is falsification of public document and not use of falsified document in a juridical proceedings. 1991 bar exam. Instruments for falsification. Manufacturing of instruments or implements for falsification is committed by any person who makes or introduces into the Philippines stamps, dice, uh, marks, or other instruments or implements intended to be used in the commission of the offenses of counterfeiting or falsification. Possession of instrument or implements for falsification is committed by any person who possesses such instrument or implements with the intention of using them. Article 176. False testimony and perjury. False testimony is committed by a witness who gives false testimony under oath or solemn information in a criminal case against or in favor of the accused or in a civil case or in other cases as administrative case or by a person who commits perjury in a sworn statement, Article 180 to Article 183. Under the Revised Penal Code, the false testimony includes perjury. In sum, perjury is just a species of false testimony. Perjury is committed by an affiant who knowingly makes untruthful statements upon any material matter in an affidavit or in a solemnly affirmed statement before a competent person authorized to administer an oath in cases in which the law is so requires. 1948 bar. Malicious prosecution is embodied in Article 326 of the Spanish Penal Code of 1887. However, this crime does not appear in the Revised Penal Code, which contains no offense, denominated accusation, a denuncia, falsa, or its equivalent. However, one who maliciously prosecuted another can be held liable for false testimony or perjury, 59 bar. Perjury and falsification of document. Making a truthful statement in the act, uh, actus reus or criminal act is perjury and falsification. The difference between the two, however, lies on the nature of document. If the truthful statement is made in a sworn document where the law requires all, example, complaint affidavit filed in a preliminary investigation or verified petition for habeas corpus, the crime committed is perjury. If the untruthful statement is made in an unsworn document, example, community tax certificate, PDS, or contract of sale, where the offender has the legal obligation to disclose the truth, the crime committed is falsification of document. 
but even if the untruthful statement is made in sworn document but the law does not require oath, example verified complaint for collection of money, perjury is not committed. It is however submitted that the accused can be prosecuted for falsification of document as long as the offender has an obligation to disclose the truth. Making a truthful statement such as failure to disclose previous criminal conviction in a sworn application for the Patrolman Examination constitute perjury. 1972 war. Making untruthful statements such as failure to disclose or disclose pending criminal case in an unsworn PDS constitute falsification of document. If there are several mistakes in the PDS, including those which are not important, accused cannot be convicted of falsification of documents since it appears that failure to disclose pending criminal case is not deliberate. Hence, accused is only liable for reckless imprudence resulting in falsification. Sibylia versus people. A general information sheet of a corporation is required to be filled or to be filed within 30 days following the date of the annual or a special meeting and must be certified and sworn to by the corporate secretary or by the president or any duly authorized officer of the corporation. Hence, speaking an untruthful statement therein is not falsification of document but perjury. Show versus Chim. A contract of sale involving land is not a sworn document. Acknowledgement in a contract of sale is not tantamount to an oath. Hence, untruthful uh, stating that the buyer is a Filipino citizen, although she is a partner to circumvent a constitutional provision on foreign ownership over land in that perjury or is not perjury but falsification of document for making an untruthful statement in a narration of facts, people versus co, making it appear that a person participated in the execution of document where in fact he did not, and a counterfeiting or thinning of signature or acts of falsification, but they are not criminally or criminal act uh, in perjury. Thus, whatever the document is sworn or unsworn, counterfeiting or thinning the signature therein or making it to appear that a person participated in the execution thereof, wherein or in fact he did not constitute falsification of document. A mayor who made it appear that a payan swore and sign affidavit before him when in fact they did not, they did not is liable for all falsification of document and not perjury. Lulsalida versus people. In the civil service examination, X filed the corresponding sworn application, pinning to be wife, who was his friend. After being accepted, the former took the examination in the latter's name and behalf. He answered the questionnaires in writing. His compositions were his personal and private papers until he submitted the same to the civil service examiner for revision, rating, and filing in the archives of the Bureau. There are two documents involved in this case to it, sworn application and examination booklet. Making an untruthful statement in the sworn application is perjury, making it to appear that why participated in answering and uh, answering the questions in the examination booklet when in fact he did not is falsification of document since perjury is a necessary means to commit falsification of document this is a complex crime proper 53 bar exam contradictory sworn statements a person cannot be held liable for perjury involving a complaint affidavit for theft based on the execution of affidavit of desistance 84 bar one cannot be convicted of perjury solely on the basis of two contradictory uh, statements. The inconsistency between the two affidavits merely means that one of them is false while the other is not, but it cannot establish which of the two affidavits is actually false. 
If the affidavit of desistance is the one which is false, the accused cannot be convicted of perjury involving the truthful complaint affidavit. Hence, hence the prosecution must prove that the complaint affidavit, which is the subject of perjury case, is false by presenting evidence other than the correctory affidavit of desistance. Villanueva versus Secretary of Justice. The prosecution can present pictures that the complainant was in Japan when the alleged theft was committed by him. The affidavit of desistance in his pictures may establish that the complaint affidavit is perjurious. Oath is required by law. In perjury, the sworn statement must be required by law to be under oath, such as a verified petition for issuance of new owner's duplicate copy of title, Illusorio versus Builder. A petition for naturalization is required to be verified, hence making an applicable statement in a verified petition for naturalization is perjury, Chua versus people. Under Section 4, Rule 7 of the Rules of Court, except when otherwise specifically required by law or rule, pleadings need not be under oath, verified or accompanied by affidavit. No such law or rule specifically requires that complaint for damages should have been verified, Balikar Transit versus Katubi. Since a complaint for damage or answer to complaint for collection of money is not required to be verified, an essential element of the crime of perjury is absent, that is, that the sworn statement containing the falsity is required by law. Consequently, accused cannot be prosecuted on the basis of an alleged falsehood made in a verified complaint for damage or verified answer because its verification is not mandated by law, 78 and 91 bar exams. It is submitted, however, that he can be held liable for falsification of document. Saavedra case and Lordilis case are not in conformity with the old doctrine in People versus Angangko, declaring that there is perjury in making a false allegations is or in verified answer since law authorizes or permits verification. Material matter. The term material matter as an element of perjury is the main fact subject of the inquiry or any circumstance which tends to prove that fact or any fact or circumstance which tend to corroborate or strengthen the testimony related to the subject of the inquiry or which legitimately affects the credence of any witness who testified. Fact which is subject of inquiry is a material matter. In complaint affidavit for murder, facts constituting the elements of this crime are material matters. In counter affidavit in a murder case, facts constituting the defense of the respondents as, as the elements of self-defense are material matters. Fact which has something to do with the credibility of the witness as, as the witness uh, was previously convicted for of falsification of document is a material matter. In a complaint for adultery, allegation of the mere status of the respondent is a material matter. In a complaint for falsification of document, allegation of the marriage status of the respondent is not a material matter. A matter alleged in a complaint affidavit for murder is material if it has a master or material effect or tendency to influence the office of the city prosecutor in resolving the case for murder. The effects of the statement are way in terms of potentially rather than probability. The prosecution need not prove that the false allegations in the complaint affidavit actually influence the office of the city prosecutor. In Chua versus People, the accused made false statements in his verified petition for naturalization in her, on her residence and moral qualification. Note, he alleged that his moral character is good where in fact he a married man is maintaining an illicit affair with a woman. The allegations in the petition regarding residence and moral character are material matters because they are among the very facts in issue or the main facts 
which are the subject of inquiry and are the basis for the determination of petitioner's qualifications and fitness as a naturalized Filipino citizen. Privileged communication. It is a basic rule that a defamatory allegation and a pleading which is relevant to the issue of the case is an absolute privileged communication. Hence, it is a defense in libel. The Supreme Court applied the privileged communication principle under the Aquino case for perjury. In Chua versus People, the accused made false statement in his verified petition for naturalization, owner residence, and moral qualification. In a perjury case, accused invoked a privileged communication principle as a defense. The Supreme Court said the term absolute privilege has an established technical meaning in connection with actions for libel and slander. Accused and perjury case cannot seek refuge under the absolutely privileged communication rule because this defense is only application to libel or slander cases. 2005 bar. In Asturias versus Serrano, the Supreme Court reverted back to the pluralist case and applied the privileged communication principle as a defense in perjury. However, Illusorio Bildner, the Supreme Court returned to the Chua's principle. The Supreme Court said that the privileged communication principle under the Aquino case applied to libel. However, absolutely privileged communication rule is not a defense in perjury. It is submitted that the Chua case and Illusorio case are the correct principles. This writer will explain his position through illustration. Pedro filed a verified petition proposed to the Hoover's minor son against his wife Maria. One of the grounds to justify his prayer for custody is that Maria is a drug addict and thus placing his son under her custody is detrimental to him. In support of his allegation, he attached a picture depicting Maria injecting cocaine in her body. However, the truth is that Maria was injecting glut glutathione in her body and that it was Pedro who bought that substance, although the allegations that Maria is a drug is defamatory. Pedro cannot be held liable for libel since he has the absolute privilege to communicate to the court or matters which are relevant to the case. As stated in Chua case, the purpose of the privileged communication rule is to ensure that witnesses may speak their minds freely and exercise their respective functions without incurring the risk of a criminal prosecution or an action for the recovery of damages. However, Pedro can be held liable for perjury. The rules requires the petition for uh, Custody of a child must be verified to ensure that the petitioner shall always allege truthful matters. If the petitioner shall not be subject to criminal action for perjury for asserting falsehood in the petition, then the requirement of verification will be rendered useless. In sum, while the petitioner has an absolute privilege to communicate to the court all relevant matters, even if the same are defamatory, he has no privilege to allege untruthful matters therein, as stated in the case of Chua. Certainly, petitioner who is in charge with perjury cannot seek refuge under the absolutely privileged communication rule since the false statement he made in his petition for naturalization has instead made a mockery of the administration of justice. Pedro filed a verified complaint for collection of money against Maria. Pedro alleged in the complaint that Maria, a drug addict, borrowed money from him but she failed to pay him in support of his allegation. He attached contract of loan in a picture depicting Maria injecting cocaine in her body. However, the truth is that Maria was injecting glutathione in her body and that it was Pedro who sold the substance to her. Pedro cannot be held liable for perjury since the untruthful allegation that Maria is a drug addict is not material to, to his cause of action. Whether Maria is a drug addict or not, she has the obligation to pay Pedro. Moreover, the law 
does not require a complaint for collection of money to be verified. However, Pedro is liable for libel since his allegation is defamatory. He cannot invoke the principle of absolute privilege communication since the defamatory statement that Maria is drug addict is not material to the case. Pedro has no privilege to communicate to the court in material matters. Good faith. Perjury cannot be deliberate where the oath is according to belief for or conviction as to its truth. A false statement of a belief is not perjury. Bonafide belief in the truth of a statement is an adequate defense. A false statement which is obviously the sort of an honest mistake is not perjury. X purchased the share of the stockholders of Z Corporation in two installments, making him the majority stockholder thereof and eventually its president. Because the stockholders who sold their stocks failed to comply with their warranties, X withheld payment of the second installment due on the shares and deposited the money in the escrow instead. The stockholders rescinded the sale and removed X from the presidency of the Z Corporation. X filed a verified complaint for damages against X, uh, said stockholders in his capacity as president and principal stockholders of Z Corporation. Complaint for perjury was filed against X. According to complainant, X ceased to be president of Z Corporation when the sale of shares of stock to him was automatically rescinded. X is not liable for perjury. The assertion that he is the president of the, uh, of the corporation was done in good faith in the belief that the non-payment of the last installment price was justified by the seller's non-compliance with their warranties. Besides, the balance was deposited in scroll. Even if SEC decides adversely against X, there is no perjury because the falsehood was not willfully and deliberately made. Moreover, complaint for damage is not required to be verified. Hence, untruthful statement therein is not perjury. Sabedra Jr. versus Department of Justice. Subordination of perjury. Under Act 19 or 1697, any person who causes or procures another person to commit perjury is guilty of subordination of perjury. Subordination of perjury. The Revised Penal Code, which repealed Act 1697, does not expressly penalize subordination of perjury. However, a uh, Soborner who causes or procures another person to commit perjury is guilty as principal by inducement. In People v. Pudol, the fact that subornation of perjury is not expressly penalized in the revised penal code does not mean that a direct induction of a person by other to commit perjury has caused to be a crime because said crime is fully within the scope that we find in Article 17 of the said code on principal by inducement. 50, 55, 93, and 12 bar exams. A government employee was administratively charged with immorality for having an affair with B, a co-employee in the same office who believed him to be single. To exculpate himself, A testified that he was single and was willing to marry B. He induced C to testify that C did not testify that A was single. The truth, however, was that A had earlier married B, now a neighbor of C, and a and C are liable for false testimony in an administrative case under Article 83 of the Revised Penal Code as principal by inducement and principal by direct participation. Respectively, his, his marital status is relevant to the case of immorality because if A is single, having an affair with B is not immoral. A for convincing C to testify falsely is not liable for subordination or of perjury since this a crime punishable under the old penal code which is not anymore found under the revised penal code 97 bar exam venue before the venue for perjury is the place where the perjured affidavit was presented 
However, the present rule is that venue for perjury is the place where the affidavit was sworn by the appliant before a notary public. In Union Bank of the Philippines versus People, the Supreme Court in Bank explained that at the time the Kanyet ruling was rendered, the prevailing law on perjury was found in Act No. 1697. The venue of action was held by the court in the Kanyet case to be at the place where the false document was presented since the presentation was the act that consummated the crime. On the other hand, Article 183 of the Revised Penal Code penalizes one makes an affidavit upon any material matter before a competent person authorized to administer an oath in cases in which the law so requires. The constitutive act of the offense is the making of an affidavit. Thus, the criminal act is consummated when the statement containing a falsity is subscribed and sworn before a duly authorized person. Hence, venue of the crime is the place where the perjured affidavit was notarized. Perjury is consummated when the false statement is made. The perjury was committed when the respondent subscribed and sworn to the general information sheet in the city of Manila. Thus, the city of Manila is the proper venue for the offense, although the general information sheet was filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission in Pasay City. Offering false testimony in evidence Offering false testimony in evidence is committed by any person who knowingly offers or presents in evidence a false witness or testimony in any judicial or official proceeding, Article 184. A lawyer offered a witness in a criminal case despite the fact that he is aware that his testimony is false. The witness is liable for false testimony under Article 180, while the lawyer is liable for offering false testimony in evidence under Article 184. The penalty for false testimony is the same as that for offering false testimony in evidence. Offer of evidence has a technical meaning under the Rules of Court under Section 32 of Rule 132 of the Rules of Court. As regards the testimony of witness, the offer must be made <clears throat> at the time the witness is called to testify. Documentary and object evidence shall be offered after the presentation of a party's testimonial evidence. However, the word offer in evidence in the English text of Article 184 of the Revised Penal Code should not be considered as within the context of terms offer of evidence under the rules of court since the Spanish text of this provision has used the words presentare which means present. A lawyer submitted a counter affidavit in a preliminary proceedings despite knowledge of the same is perjured. The lawyer has not yet formally offered the perjured affidavit in court since the case is still at a preliminary investigation level. However, he is liable for offering false testimony in evidence since he presented or presentary in evidence a false witness in an official proceeding. Perjury under Article 184 of the Revised Penal Code is under Section 2, Chapter, chapter 2, Title 4, Book 2 of the Code on False or False Testimony. In sum, the term false testimony includes perjury. Union Bank of the Philippines versus People. Hence, the words false testimony in the crime of offering false testimony in evidence include perjury. Thus, if a lawyer presented a perjudal or perjured affidavit in a preliminary investigation, the payat is liable for perjury under Article 183, while the lawyer is liable for offering false testimony in evidence under Article 184. The penalty for perjury is the same as that for offering false testimony in evidence. On the other hand, if the lawyer presented a falsified public document in a preliminary investigation, the author of falsity is liable for falsification of document under Article 172, while the lawyer is liable for the use of 
falsified document under Article 172. M. was forced by a policeman to sign a document entitled Sinumpaang Salaysay, in which M. implicated X as the brain behind the robbery of bank where 500,000 were lost. The document was prepared by the policeman upon the advice of B, the bank's lawyer, who was present when the policeman asked M to sign the document. As M refused to sign it, the policeman held him by the neck and forced him to sign, which he did. During the hearing of the robbery before the fiscal's office, B submitted the Sinumpaang Selaysay as evidence on the basis of which X was included in an information filed by the fiscal in court. When M testified in court, he repudiated the document. M committed perjury in making an untruthful statement in his affidavit. However, he is exempt from criminal liability because of the circumstance of irresistible force. Police officer is liable for perjury as principal by inducement. The lawyer is liable for offering the false testimony in evidence. 87 Bar Falsification of Legislative Documents, Messages, and Certificates Falsification of legislative documents is committed by any person who alters any bill, resolution, or ordinance enacted or approved or pending approval by the Congress or Sangguniang Palalawigan, Panangsod, or Pambayan without proper authority, therefore, Article 170. Falsification of messages is committed by an officer or employee of a private corporation or government engaged in the service of sending or receiving messages who utters a fictitious message of any system or falsifies the name. Use of falsified messages is committed by any person who uses such falsified dispatches to the prejudice of a third party or with the intent to cause such prejudice. The message includes wireless, cable, telegraph, and telephone messages, Article 173. Falsification of certificate is committed by a physician or surgeon or private person who issues a false certificate in connection with the practice of his profession or public officer or private person who issued a full certificate of merit or service, good conduct, or similar circumstances, Article 174, 2012 bar exam. Using false certificate is committed by any person who knowingly use, use or uses such false certificates, Article 175. Using fictitious name and concealing true name. Using fictitious name and concealing true name. Using fictitious name is committed by any person who publicly uses a fictitious name for the purpose of concealing a crime, evading the execution of a judgment, or causing damage. Concealing true name is committed by any person who conceals his true name and other personal circumstances, Article 178. If the use of fictitious name or concealing true name is committed to obstruct, impede, prostrate criminal investigation, and prosecution offender can be prosecuted for obstruction of justice under PD 1829. Under Section 1, Paragraph D of PD-1829, public or publicly using a fictitious name for the purpose of concealing a crime, evading prosecution or the execution of judgment, or concealing his true name and other personal circumstances for the same purpose or purposes, or purposes is obstruction of justice. Under Article 178 of the Penal Code, publicly or publicly using a fictitious name for the purpose of concealing a crime, evading the execution of a judgment or causing damage or concealing his true name and other personal circumstances constitute the crime of use of fictitious name or concealing true name. The penalty of, for obstruction of justice is higher than the prescribed for using a fictitious name. 
the term judgment in Section 1, Paragraph D of PD 1829 must be rendered in a criminal proceeding because of the general element of obstruction of justice. However, the term judgment in Article 178 of the Revised Penal Code may involve criminal, civil, or administrative proceeding. Publicly means manifestly and ostensibly if the fictitious name is used in a public or official proceeding or in the case of an alien who used fictitious name that is Toribio Haligali instead of Toli Pio in allegation for passport, there is public use of fictitious name U.S. versus Toli Pio. Illegal use of uniforms or insignia Illegal use of uniforms or insignia is committed by any person who publicly and improperly makes use of insignia, uniforms, or dress pertaining to an office not held by such person or to a class of persons of which he is not a member, Article 179. Illegal use of uniforms is an uh, intentional felony, hence it must be committed with dolo or evil intent. Moreover, improperly using official uniform in an element of the crime, Pedro, Tristan, and Marco are wearing police uniforms while singing Katawan by Hagibis and dancing during a town fiesta. They are not liable for illegal use of uniforms since the elements of dolo and improper use thereof are not present. Pedro is wearing a police uniform inside his house. He is not liable for illegal use of uniforms since the element of public use thereof is not present. Usurpation of authority or official function Usurpation of authority is committed by any person who knowingly and falsely represents himself to be a public officer or a foreign public officer, Article 177. If the offender introduces himself as BIR agent by showing false BIR identification card and other BIR papers, the crime committed is complex crime of usurpation of authority through falsification of documents. The crime of falsification was committed as a necessary means to commit usurpation of authority. People versus Cortes. However, if the accused, after representing himself as a BIR agent, started to collect taxes, the crime committed is complex crime of estafa through falsification of document. Usurpation of function constitutes false pretense, which is an element of estafa, hence estafa absorbs usurpation of function. Usurpation of official functions is committed by any person who performs an act pertaining to a person in authority, a public officer or a foreign public officer under pretense of official position and without being lawfully entitled to do so. Article 177. Offender is any person. As worded, any person who commits usurpation of authority or function is liable for usurpation of authority or function. The application of Article 177 cannot be restricted to private individuals only. Digamo versus Office of the Ombudsman. Performing the function of a public officer. In People versus Reyes, the accused who blow his whistle, stop buses, and order drivers to step down from their passenger vehicles and produce their driver's license is liable for usurpation of official functions. One who falsely represented himself as a CIS agent despite having been duly notified of his dismissal is liable for usurpation of authority. However, if there is no proof that he was duly notified of his dismissal from the service, is not criminally liable. Gigantuni versus People. In People versus Hilbano, when the mayor of Samar departed for Manila on official business, he designated the accused counselor to discharge the duties of his office. The vice mayor served written notice to uh, accused that he as vice mayor was assuming the duties of the absent mayor. 
However, accused declined to vacate the post despite the opinion of the Executive Secretary and the Fiscal that the Vice Mayor should discharge the function of the Mayor during the latter's temporary absences. Accused for about a month, appointed some policemen, solemnized marriages, and collected the corresponding salary for Mayor. Accused is liable for usurpation of function of a person in authority. Person in authority. Under Article 152, lawyers and teachers are persons in authority for purposes of applying the provisions of direct assault and resistance. However, they are not persons in authority for purposes of applying the provision of Article 177, People v. Takan. Thus, the court appearance of a person who is not admitted to practice law is not punishable as usurpation of function of a person in authority under Article 177. However, he obtained acceptance fee and appearance fee to represent a person in a case the crime committed is Istapa. In U.S. versus Hernandez, the accused who pretended to be a minister of a religious sect and solemnized marriage was convicted of usurpation of function since he performed an act properly pertaining to a person in authority. The case of Hernandez was decided prior to the effectivity of the vice penal code. Before, a religious official such as Bishop is a person and authority within the purview of the old penal code, U.S. versus Meath. However, Article 152 of the Revised Penal Code does not include religious minister as a person in authority. Hence, it is submitted that performing the function of religious minister or priest in solemnizing marriage is not usurpation of official function. However, a person who pretended to be a mayor or a judge and solemnized marriage is liable for usurpation of official function. Pretense of official position Pretense of official position is an element and usurpation of official function. Thus, if a community in remote areas in central Luzon established their own government called invisible government, a member of such community who is engaged in administering justice or deciding cases under this government is not liable for usurpation of function of a person in authority since pretense of official position, which is an element of this crime, is not present. In some, in performing the function of a judge, he did not make representation that he is a judge of the Republic of the Philippines, 69 bar. However, if this invisible government is engaged in subversive activities, the person who performed the function of a judge is liable under RA number 10. Unlike in Article 177 of the Revised Penal Code, pretense of official opposition is not an element in usurpation of public function under RA number 10, but the crime under the Republic Act can only be committed by member of an organization engaged in subversive activities, people versus leaders. Good faith is a defense in criminal prosecution for usurpation of official function, Digamo versus Office of the Ombudsman. In Rusol versus Sandigan Bayan, accused a mayor issued permits to transport salvage forest products. The prosecution asserted that accused usurped the official functions that properly belong to the DNR. Accused was acquitted. There is no showing that the mayor possessed that a criminal mind when, the, when he issued a subject permits to transport salvage forest products to regulate and monitor uh, these products in order to avert the occurrence of illegal logging in the area is not liable for usurpation of function of the DNR because of good faith. In Digamo versus Office of the Ombudsman, the President through Executive Secretary approved the release of funds for the rehabilitation of the province of Negros Oriental. In this connection, Department of Budget and Management issued special allotment release or SARO 
Responded a DBM Undersecretary acting on behalf of DBM Secretary Abad upon the instruction of the President Aquino, sent letter to Negros Oriental Governor withdrawing Lazaro. The Governor filed a complaint for usurpation of authority or function against the DBM Undersecretary and argued that only Executive Secretary had the role authority to write on behalf of the President. It was held that the respondent did not commit usurpation of authority since in writing, the letter B truthfully represented himself as a DBM undersecretary acting by authority of the secretary. In other words, he did not represent himself as the executive secretary. Neither he did commit usurpation of function of the executive secretary in representing the president. He did not claim in the letter that he is acting on behalf of the president. Moreover, under the doctrine of a qualified political agency, department secretaries may act for and on behalf of the president on matters where the President is required to exercise authority in their respective departments. Thus, DBM Secretary or DBM Undersecretary under, uh, acting under the authority of DBM Secretary may exercise the power to withdraw the SARO, although such power belongs to the President. In this case, Respondent acted under authority of Secretary Abad. Doctrine of Absorption Tristan in wearing of a traffic enforcer uniform while Sitting on a chair besides a traffic light, the crime committed is illegal use of uniform. Tristan, in wearing a traffic enforcer uniform and introduce himself as a traffic enforcer to a driver of a motor vehicle, the crime committed is usurpation of authority. Usurpation of authority absorbs illegal use of uniform. Wearing a traffic uniform or a traffic enforcer's uh, uniform is just part of false representation which is just an element of usurpation of authority. Tristan in wearing a traffic enforcer's uniform introduced himself as a traffic enforcer and asked a driver of a car to produce his driver's license. The crime committed is usurpation of function. Usurpation of function absorbs usurpation of authority. Usurpation of authority constitutes pretense of official position which is an element of usurpation of functions. Simulation of public authority is one of the modes of committing serious illegal detention under Article 267 or robbery in an inhabited house under Article 299 or Article 299. Hence, if this crime is committed through simulation of public authority, offenders shall not be held additionally liable for usurpation of authority or function because the latter is absorbed in the former. Pretending the exercise of authority to facilitate the commission of, a, of crime such as murder, homicide, rape, or robbery with rape constitute aggravating circumstance of craft or disguise, it is submitted that usurpation of authority or function is absorbed in murder, homicide, or rape aggravated by the circumstance of craft or disguise. In People versus Porneste, while victim was in their house, somebody called and identified themselves as soldiers looking for contraband. When, the, when she opened the door, the offenders ransacked the house and raped her at gunpoint. Disguise that is, by pretending to be public officers, was appreciated. Usurpation of legislative powers, usurpation of executive functions, and usurpation of judicial functions. Usurpation of legislative powers is committed by a public officer who shall encroach upon the powers of the legislative branch of the government by making general rules or regulations beyond the scope of his authority or by attempting to repeal a law or suspending the execution thereof, Article 239. 
usurpation of executive functions. On the other hand, is committed by a judge who shall assume a power pertaining to the executive authorities or shall obstruct the latter in the lawful exercise of their powers. Article 2.0 in People versus Hilvano. The councillor discharged the duties of an absent mayor over the objection of the vice mayor. He appointed policemen, solemnized marriages, and collected the corresponding salary for mayor. Accused is not liable for usurpation of executive power under Article 240 of the Revised Penal Code because only a judge can commit this crime. However, he is liable for usurpation of function of a person in authority under Article 177 thereof. Usurpation of Judicial Functions Usurpation of judicial functions is committed by an officer of the executive branch of the government who shall assume judicial powers or shall obstruct the execution of any order or decision rendered by any judge within his jurisdiction. Article 241. Mayor is an executive officer, hence he can commit usurpation of judicial functions, Munoz Bissos Arino, by performing an act the authority for which the law has vested only in a judge. Minuso Bissos Pamulag and... Uh, uh, Pasi versus Leonardo, such as issuing a warrant of arrest, Moniz versus Arino. A clerk of court is not an officer of the executive branch, hence, he cannot be held liable for usurpation of judicial function for issuing the arrest of an accused in a criminal case, Albior versus Ogi. However, is administratively liable. Uh, it is submitted that he can be held liable for usurpation of the function of a person and authority under Article 177. A provincial adjudicator rendered judgment in Darab case in the performance of quasi-judicial function closely akin to the function of a judge of a court of law. He could not be held liable for usurpation of judicial functions since he is merely exercising quasi-judicial function. Reyes versus People Usurpation of powers or function, usurpation of authority or official functions is a crime against public interest while usurpation of legislative power, usurpation of executive functions, and usurpation of judicial functions are crimes committed by public officer. Usurpation by, of authority or official functions is committed by any person. Usurpation of legislative power is committed by any public officer. Usurpation of executive functions can only be committed by a judge. Usurpation of judicial functions can only be committed by an executive officer. Machination in public auctions Machination in public auctions is committed by any person who solicits, give, or promise as a consideration for refraining from taking part in any public auction or who attempts to cause bidders to stay away from an auction by threats, gifts, promise, or any other artifice with intent to cause the reduction of the price of the thing at auction, Article 185. In Wano versus Court of Appeals, Petitioner and Itchabes had both orally agreed that only the latter would make a bid at the second bidding called by the Rehabilitation Finance Corporation, and that it is was uh, or in that if it is was accepted, they would divide the property in proportion to their adjoining properties. To ensure success of their scheme, they had also agreed to induce the only other party known to be interested in the property to desist from presenting a bid, as they succeeded in inducing this group to withdraw from the sale paying said group 2000 as reimbursement for its expenses. They are liable for machinations in public auctions. In Diaz versus Kapunan, 
The attorney appeared at the public auction of the foreclosed property of his client and was ready to bid 16000 for it. The attorney and the creditors were raising their bids for the property until they entered into an agreement that the former will withdraw his bid and refrain from bidding at the public auction of the property of the debtor in consideration of 1,000 pesos. Because of such agreement, the creditor took over the property pursuant to his bid of 12,500. The attorney is liable for machination in public auction. Monopolies and Combination the antitrust laws or law against monopolies or combination in restraint of trade are aimed at raising levels of competition by improving the consumer's effectiveness as the final arbiter in free markets. These laws are designated to preserve free and unfettered competition as the rule of trade. Gokongwe, Jr. vs. Sec. Section 19, Article 12 of 1987 Constitution provides the state shall regulate or prohibit Monopolies when the public interest so requires. No combination in restraint of trade or unfair competition shall be allowed. Section 19, Article 12 of our Constitution is antitrust in history and spirit. It espouses competition. The desirability of a competition is the reason for the prohibition against restraint of trade, the reason for the interdiction of unfair competition, and the reason for regulation of unmitigated monopolies. Competition is thus the underlying principle of Section 19, Article 12 of our Constitution, ERG Board versus CA. While the Constitution embraced free enterprise as all economic creed, it did not prohibit per se the operation of monopolies, which call, however, be regulated in the public interest. Tatad versus the Secretary of uh, Energy. Article 186 of Revised Penal Code does not also prohibit per se the operation of monopoly. What is punishable under this provision is monopolization or combination in restraint of trade. There are three ways to commit the crime of monopoly and combination in restraint of trade. These are 1. Combination in restraint of trade 2. Monopolization in restraint of trade and 3. Combination of manufacturer, producer or processor or importer and others. Combination in restraint of trade Monopoly or combination in restraint of trade can be committed by any person who enters into an agreement or take part in any conspiracy or combination in the form of trust or otherwise to restrain trade or commerce or to prevent by artificial means from competition in the market. Article 186. A, B, and C executed a public document which embodied their agreement to the effect that certain merchandise would be sold at a certain price and not one of them shall sell his merchandise at lesser price without the previous consent of the others. The agreement was not carried out because they were arrested. Can they be held criminally liable under the Revised Penal Code on the basis of agreement? Answer. Yes, under the Revised Penal Code, any person who shall enter into any contract or agreement or shall take part in a conspiracy or combination in the form of a trust or otherwise in restraint of trade or commerce or prevent by artificial means pre-competition in the market is liable for monopolies and combination in restraint trade. In some instances, conspiracy constitute the felony itself such as brigandades and monopoly. Conspiracy to commit a crime and a crime involving conspiracy are not the same. Example, if A and B conspire to overthrow the government, they are liable for the crime of conspiracy to commit rebellion. If they committed rebellion, they are liable for the crime of rebellion. Conspiracy to commit rebellion is a felony different and distinct from the crime of rebellion. 
On the other hand, if A and B conspired to restrain trade, they are liable for the crime of monopoly. If they actually restrain trade, they are also liable for the crime of monopoly. Conspiracy to restrain trade or the act of restraining trade constitute the crime of monopoly. There is no such thing as conspiracy to commit the crime of monopoly. Monopolization and restraint of trade. Monopoly or combination and restraint of trade can be committed by any person who monopolizes or combines with other to monopolize a merchandise in order to alter the price thereof by spreading false rumors or using other artifice to restrain free competition in the market, Article 186. Combination of manufacturer, producer, or processor, or importer, and others. Monopoly of combination in restraint of trade can be committed by a manufacturer, producer, processor, importer, or agent thereof, wholesaler or retailer of a merchandise who combines, conspires, or agrees in any manner within a person for the purpose of making, making transactions prejudicial to local commerce or increasing the market price thereof or article manufactured there, uh, therefrom, Article 186. The gasoline companies, Caltex, ESO, Jetty, and CL, <clears throat> all parent corporations and fill oil, a local corporation, have identical prices for the gasoline and oil products. When prices are increased, they are increased by the companies at the same time and in exactly the same amounts of increase. The corporate officers who actively and consciously participate in combining their or corporations for the purpose of increasing the market prices of their gasoline are liable for the crime of monopoly and combination and restraint of trade. 1974 bar exams. Liability of officer. Under Article 186 of the Revised Penal Code, the President, Director, or Manager of or Corporation or Association or Agent of Foreign Corporation or Association is liable as principal thereof for the crime of monopoly and combination in restraint of trade if he knowingly permitted or failed to prevent the commission of such offense by the corporation. Thus, lack of active participation in the commission of monopoly and combination in restraint of trade is not a defense. Article 186 imposes an obligation upon corporate officers to prevent the commission of monopoly and restraint of trade. Failure to perform such obligation constitute the crime. Falsely marked merchandise made of precious metals. Importation and disposition of falsely marked merchandise made of precious metals is committed by any person who knowingly imports or sells or disposes of merchandise made of precious metals such as gold or silver, or their alloys with stamps, brands, or marks, which fail to indicate the actual fineness or quality thereof, Article 187, altering the marks of the fineness of precious metal and then selling it is stopped under Article 315. There is false marking when the test of the merchandise show that the actual quality or fitness thereof is less by more than 3,000 in case of what's cases and flatware made of gold, less by more than one half carat in case of other article made of gold or less by more than four one thousand. It made of silver that what is shown by the mark. Article 187. Crimes relative to opium and other prohibited drugs. RA number 9165. The elements of violation of Section 4 or Section 5 of RA number 9165 are as follows. 1. The offender imports or transports, delivers, sells, trades, administers, dispenses, gives away to another, distributes, dispatches in transit, dangerous drugs or acts 
as broker in such transaction. Second, that this activity is not authorized by law. And third, that offender knows that what he is dealing with is a dangerous drug. Intent to perpetrate the prohibited drugs such as intent to donate uh, in the crime of giving away dangerous drugs or animus possidendi in possession of dangerous drugs presupposes knowledge that the accused was uh, dealing with dangerous drugs. Persons who have no legal wills as children of uh, insufficient understanding in idiots cannot possess or acquire a complete possession. So where stolen property is placed in the house or upon the premises of a person without his knowledge or consent, he is not properly speaking in possession of such property so long as he does not assert a right to its control and is not moved by the animus possidendi with reference thereto. An innocent purchaser of a patent medicine who is not aware that the medicine contains opium is not liable for possession of prohibited drugs. Lack of knowledge that her Piancy was a drug pusher, and that what can inside or that what was inside the shashi given to her was shabu is a defense in a case involving possession of dangerous drugs. 2002 bar. Proof that the accused transported, delivered, or sold dangerous drugs gives rise to presumption that he is not authorized to transport, deliver, or sell such drugs. People, Mrs. Banulo. That he knew that what he was transporting. Delivering or selling was a dangerous drug. People versus Humaunon. Importation of dangerous drugs. In order to establish the crime of importation of dangerous drugs, the prosecution must show that the vessel from which the drugs are landed or on which it's arrived in the Philippines waters came from apparent port or shipment of merchandise from one port to other in same country is not importation of dangerous drugs. However, the drug trafficker could be convicted of transportation of dangerous drugs under Section 5. In transportation of dangerous drugs, the point of origin is not important. George was arrested at the Naiya arrival launch for carrying a backpack containing 15 grams of cocaine. Importation of dangerous drugs is not committed. In order to establish the crime of importation of dangerous drugs, it must be shown that the dangerous drugs are brought to the Philippines from a foreign country. In this case, it was not stated whether arrival launch is in the domestic or international terminal of Naia, and whether or not George is an airplane passenger who just arrived from a foreign country. Hence, the crime committed is possession of dangerous drugs. 2013 bar exam. In Amsterdam, X and Y both a dozen lollipops laced with cannabis as souvenir and pasalubong for their friends. They were accosted at the Manila International Airport. They are liable for importation of dangerous drugs, 2018 bar. The importation of prohibited drugs is complete the moment the vessel enters the waters of the country, provided that the entry is with the intent to import. Intent to import is not established if the vessel carrying the dangerous drugs is just passing through local ports. Without intent to unload, the crime committed is transportation of dangerous drug. Intent to import or unload is established uh, if the vessel carrying the dangerous drug is already anchored in a local port.